the truth. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. Welcome back to Straight Facts, sports show that educates and entertains. I'm Jewel Schmitz, accompanied by James Jackson, Jake Galley, and crunching numbers in the back, we got Stat Matt. This past week in sports, Phillies catcher JT Realmuto wins his first career gold glove award. He was by far the best catcher in baseball this year. By far. And that will be the only thing the 2019 Phillies will be in the record books. Oh, I mean, that's a really negative way to put that. Okay, let's move on. Sad. The Ravens beat the Patriots on Sunday, making the 49ers the last undefeated team in the NFL. Take your victory lap. That's crazy. Take your victory lap. That's almost like I said it would happen last week. Um, I was impressed. By, well, first off, let me just say that there's a bit of luck um, with the Patriots and their turnovers. Uh, we knew it was going to swing a little bit, and we knew that the Ravens being more of a running team would kind of impact it, but good win no, for the Ravens. No, I mean, good on for the Ravens. Most teams, by the sheer presence of the Patriots, want to abandon what they do best, knowing the Patriots are going to try to take it away, and the Ravens are like, we're, we're running around the ball, we're running down your throat, and they did it. Canelo Alvarez KOs Sergey Kovalev in the 11th round to secure the WBO light heavyweight title. Josh Gordon was claimed off waivers by the Seattle Seahawks after being waived by the Patriots. The Panthers have placed Cam Newton on injured reserve, and he is out for the rest of the season. Here's a fact straight at you. The Suns are 5-2, beating two title favorites in the Clippers and the 76ers, and their losses so far this season are by a combined two points. Are they for real or an early season mirage? Uh, I think that they've been really impressive, and I got, I mean, being... seriously. Being that I don't, you know, they're out west and I don't always watch them. I really got their my first chance to really watch them throughout a full game when they played the Sixers. And they did a phenomenal job, uh, especially against Ben Simmons, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But this is all coming. They're 5-2. and two. This is all came without DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, their number one draft, the number one draft pick last year. Um, no surprises falling on the shoulders of Mr. Devin Booker, who I think is just an elite scorer in the NBA, and he's really driving uh, this team. They're, I mean, they're playing like a cohesive unit, and you don't want to get too high on them uh, because it's very early in the season. And ten, when you're a bad team, you tend to you know start out the gates really hot because a lot of teams are kind of sleeping on you to begin the right. season. But they are playing really together, and I think playing team basketball is what's helping them win, especially early in the season against the Clippers and the Sixers. Yeah, and I mean, you speak about Devin Booker, and I think that – Adding Ricky Rubio, while, you know, I don't think he's super impactful in winning, and he's not the most important player. Um, he's the, he's the, probably the best point guard, not probably the best point guard Devin it, Booker has played Exactly, with. and what that does is it allows Booker to really open up his game, focus on off-ball stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, he played off the ball in Kentucky uh, his years there. So... I think that now that he can really just focus on his offensive game, and not only that, now he doesn't have to worry about distributing. He can give more effort on defense, which we I saw a few times him guarding Josh Richardson. Um, and, and, like, the stat, you know, they have two losses by a combined two points. It's just mind-boggling for a team that has not won more than 24 games in the past four years. Yeah, and it's funny because since Devin Booker doesn't have to spend that much time or as much time facilitating on offense, we're almost seeing him, you know, kind of have like the the J.J. Redick approach or the Steph Curry approach to offense where you just can't keep up with Devin Booker. I saw a stat that he's they, they have miles tracked 
ran in the NBA, and he's uh, he's in like a, I believe the top three, four, or five in quote unquote miles ran in the NBA, tracking how much distance he's covering on the offensive end. Because you just can't. He's running off screens. He's running all over the floor, and you can't keep up with Devin Booker. And he's got such a silky smooth jump shot that if you give him a little bit of daylight off a screen, he's going to make you pay. He's also a very underrated finisher at the rim, and I think his ability to get in the lane, create havoc, and you know really have that kind of presence on offense is really what's helping the Suns at least score points. Yeah, and I think I want to touch on Aiton just a little bit. Obviously, he's sitting 25 games out for a uh, suspension ban. That's sad. That's Puma Boy, man. That's yeah. being the first Puma Boy. And, I, well, and this is really the first year that the NBA is cracking down hard. Three guys, Wilson Chandler, um, John Collins from Atlanta, and then obviously All 25 Aiton. games, yeah. But... When I watched Aiton play in the opener, I think he had three or four blocks, and that was a big knock on him. Um, on, on the podcast that I produce, Scallon Pals, we have the GM on often who drafted him, Ryan McDonough. And what he said when questioned about why did you take him over a guy like Luca, a guy like Trey, he said, look, you know, he has the body and the offensive makeup to be uh, a Anthony Davis, to be a Joel Embiid, yeah. to be that caliber player. And what they expected was his defense to take an uptick, which it really needed to after last year. It did in the first game, and I think that's a lot to do with Aaron Baines, and I think that's a lot to do with Monty Williams. Maybe it has a lot to do with performance-enhancing no, <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe some BEGs, too. Right, I don't want to say that. Um, but, no, DeAndre, and, and it's someone who you really liked coming out of college, uh, coming out of Arizona, and I thought was a very dominating force and could be in the paint, and we saw flashes of it last year in his rookie season, but it wasn't consistent it wasn't sustainable so hopefully when he does come back from this suspension he can come back and have the consistent level and look as as a rookie you know there especially being the number one draft pick obviously there's a whole lot of you know ex expectation for you to come and kind of change a franchise right away he didn't do that and now maybe taking these 25 games off he lets his team get into a rhythm and instead of coming back and being the focal point it's like the same the same conversation we had about Zion Williamson. Maybe he comes back and kind of enters the flow of his team and has not to be the focal point of it. Speaking of changing a franchise, who caught that Sixers game on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, I know both y'all did. Yeah, well, it, I'm sorry. Refresh I, I my memory. This is this is against the, the Suns or refresh your memory. Oh no, no, no this is this is I'm coming back against the Blazers. Yeah, it's pretty oh, bad. Oh dear you God, cool? refresh your memory. Cool? No, I was out drunk at a bar. Oh, I was wasted, and the whole oh. bar went in an uproar. With, with <laughs> a Celtics fan, even better, rooting against the Sixers the whole time, only for them to come back. It was Furcon. Awesome. What in the Furcon happened there? Mother Furcon Corkmaz, baby. <laughs> you gotta give him credit, though, after all his injuries he's had over the last two years. And the fact that he had the option to go back to Europe, and he chose to stay in Philly. I think that's saying something. That he pays his respect well, to he the wanted Philly. out. He actually wanted out. Uh, I think he wanted them to decline the option, and I he mean, wanted them to buy I him mean, out. I so mean, are we go. gonna all sit here and just for Forget the fact that a mere five or six days ago, a lot of Sixers fans were calling for Cork Boss to not get any minutes, calling for Cork oh, Boss to yeah, get traded. Funny. He was getting oh. ripped on social media. Okay, so ripped. we're just going to ignore that. He hits one no, shot. No, because that's Sandra Philadelphia fans. It is so Philadelphia. It's so Let him miss a shot. Let him miss his next shot. He's not good. Right back in the dog. No, I don't, I don't think he's very good either, but he, he what he provides it was is an shooting. Ocky, it was an Aki shot, too. Yeah, well, it was an Aki <laughs> shot. If you look at how he got open, he was wide open, and it was all set up. It was by a great screen, screen by Al Horford. By Al yeah. Horford, man. Like, does the little things. He does the little things. things, and he has a beautiful smile. Like, so when <laughs> you look at the things that he brings to the team. <laughs> he 
has a beautiful I, smile. Should like I be hitting up your girlfriend and letting her know what's all, up? First like, of all, do you need to tell her something? On, on his, on his, what is wrong with y'all? What is wrong so, with y'all? Okay, so for uh, the normies over here, I will pull up. The, I, believe, I don't need to I see our friend smile. I no, 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 no. I'm not about to pull that up, He's even got... though I could do that. Uh, NBC Boston, they ran a graphic. Uh, I think it was last year where it was like leads the NBA in smiles per game or has a beautiful smile. They put something up so to that sweetie. effect. Um, so that's what I was referencing, but they're not, I mean, they're not wrong about that. But regardless, he does the little things. We're getting really far off track here. I think the Sixers have done a you great job. Bro, you, you started, started it. it. <laughs> Only because I wanted to point out all the little things that Al Horford does for the team. Like my point was, the Sixers are hot. Exactly. Oh, please finish. Your Sixers are no, hot. No, I mean you're talking about the Sixers being hot in a I way just... different point. Than you're talking about the Sixers being hot. No, I mean to to go back to Furkin's buzzer beater here. It wouldn't have been possible without the two free throws he made uh, prior um, on the possession, Ben Simmons. If he's knocking him clutch situations, I know we're going to touch on him later and the flip floppiness of, you know. No, but to me, to me, that Sixers game was a huge, like, microcosm of what the Sixers are going to be this season. Um, they, they struggled with low post scoring and really struggled with perimeter shooting for most of the game. And when they got down big, they got back into that game really kind of on the defensive end and didn't let the Blazers really get going in the second half. That's how they, they were able. They didn't come back, you know, in a spurt and kind of get that game back under control. They chipped away at it. And you do that on the defensive end. It starts with stops. And I think the Sixers are just more physical than people. And they, they really upped the physicality well, against the Blazers well, and it Tobias helped them. Tobias Harris is playing like he needs to play. Yeah, yeah. Tobias Three, with the ball has been really good. exactly how he should be playing. Mm -hmm. And that game without Embiid, it just goes to show you, again, I don't want to harp on it, but like Al Horford was really a big no, patchwork you can, move for and, the Sixers. And you can harp on it because the past two games have been a huge uh, kind of, you know, a confirmation as the, the Sixers getting Al Horford was one of the best moves of the offseason. Seeing what he did uh, in the Blazers game, the little things, and then seeing what he did against the Suns, even in a loss, his dominating presence on the court was kind of, wow, this is what a person can do when Joel Embiid is not on the floor. Finally, this is what a person Finally. can do, a big man can do when Joel Embiid is not on the floor. Al Horford gives you that. You're one of the only teams who still goes that big that much on the floor. And it, I didn't think it was going to help you that much. So far, it's, do, it's doing wonders. We'll see if it's, you know, it really keeps up throughout the whole right, season. so those were our who's hot, who's not for you guys. Oh, you know I love this one. <laughs> you know I love this one. Who is struggling right now? Oh, you're such like... The Houston Rockets are struggling. Your dynamic with, like, fandom of NBA teams is just so bizarre to me. What do you mean? I mean, so it's pretty straightforward in the struggling? sense that... Yeah, right. Answer that. Why are you happy they're struggling? Being that you were just rooting for them for the past three years. I am happy they're struggling. It's a CP3 guy. No, we yeah. get that clear. But... Look, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm dramatic a little bit as to how happy I am to struggle. It really doesn't, like, I don't lose sleep if they're Aside if they're from good. you disliking James Harden. I don't really which we, dislike Which we unrooted if last week. the title the year after his boy leaves, he's I will be pissed. Something. I will be pissed. I, I am a little happy they're struggling because people were acting like... We talked about it when the trade happened. People were acting like Russell Westbrook coming to the Rockets took away the problems of what the Rockets had, even when Chris Paul was there, and it doesn't. And not only does it not take away those problems, those problems are amplified right now. And that's why I'm a little happy that we can see that this wasn't CP3's fault. This wasn't, oh, they're not as good because CP3 can't take them over the edge. No, that, no. that's not the reason at all. And, and they have been 
terrifyingly bad on defense. So like, inefficient, it's not fun. Like, like un, almost unfixably bad on defense. When you look at field goal um, percentage allowed, they're last in the NBA. Three-point percentage allowed and three-pointers uh, made are last in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of three-pointers that they're letting up, is up 50% from last year. Teams are beating them at their own game right now. And I think the the lack of defense, you know, that James Harden plays has, has kind of been, we either got desensitized to it, it's been swept under the rug, or we kind of ignored it because of his offense explosion over the past two seasons. But now it's starting to get, you know, it's it get, it's getting put under a microscope again. And it's kind of, we had a, we had a talk about, you know, kind of Ben Simmons uh, off camera before this show started. And I think the same argument can be made about James Harden is his life lack of defense it's it's so frustrating because it's the same thing he did came in, coming into the league we're not seeing any kind of you know uh, improvement any kind of pe- you know awareness of how bad he is on the defensive end his lack of effort on the defensive end and for the past two seasons you can kind of get away with it for some because you have one of the best perimeter defenders in Chris Paul on your team as well now you don't have such a great perimeter defender as Russell Westbrook so you have to be extra put forth that extra effort on the defensive end and James Harden is not doing that right the Rockets only uh, they rank 28th in defensive rating only ahead of the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans, two teams that have already seen several of their best players go down with yeah, injuries. Come on now. They, they don't have an excuse. Other teams, those two teams have right. an excuse for it. Like, they do not. When you look at defensive box plus minus, which is a box score estimate of defensive points per 100 possessions a player contributes, this is on the defensive end, Harden is minus 3.6, which is bad. Westbrook is actually 1.5, which is like you could consider defense. Then let's look at the rest of their guards. Okay, Eric Gordon, minus 4.5. Austin Rivers, minus 4.4. And Ben McLemore, minus 5.9. Man, so you're telling me when you get rid of a player who's such a floor general and leads the direction of your team that your team kind of loses its direction? Is that what you're telling me? James. I am befuddled. Chris Paul's on a different team. I'm behooved. It's... I'm flabbergasted at the news. And, and, you know, this could spell the end for Mike D'Antoni there if things don't go well this year because uh, they made a big investment in Russell Westbrook. A, hu- a huge investment. And it's and Daryl Morey. And, right? and, and Daryl Morey, <laughs> who's already kind of under hot water for a whole different yeah. situation. Uh, but Mike D'Antoni, it's, I mean, it's, the, micro, it's the, the hallmark of Mike D'Antoni. He's getting teams there but not putting them over the edge. Uh, speaking of coaches in hot water, I have to imagine that Luke Walton – might be on his way or making his way out after seven games making- after seven games well remember he had like a sexual assault accusation in the beginning of the year and we really don't even know like the thing Good is is that you know he he was he had the 27 game win streak with um golden state or 24 or whatever it was and like yeah, that that's really what he's made. He's like the Matt Flynn of like head coaches, where he just makes all of his like <laughs> he, notoriety on that. one stretch. Sets up the system for him and tells him, "Don't screw up. You can do it." He has to create his own. He's off. He's off, right. especially and, from bad teams too. If he's got to pick a ground, like he, you're right. He took what Steve Kerr gave and, and said, "Just sustain it for me until I get back." Didn't have to take a team from the ground he's up. A backup QB of coach. Oh, wh- Matt Flynn. Yeah, uh, and uh, they're two and five right now. Uh, and, and granted, I don't want to be too hard on them. They haven't had Marvin Bagley, who is a big part of what they do in terms of the interior. But 
when you look at, I mean, all across the board, aside from three-pointers and three-pointers allowed, they're the they're worse in every stat compared to last year. They've gotten worse. You know, when you have a young team, you're supposed to get better. So far, that has not been the case. I really still you like have the Buddy Heald investment too. Right, that yeah, just you pay big money through. to Buddy Heald. Um, you like your Bogdanovich guy there. I know Bialica gets play time there too. Darren Fox is up for one. Pretty Obviously, soon. Fox and Bagley are like your two guys, and I think that they still can be really good. But they have improved. Like people were talking about them, like they were going to be a playoff team. And it's not, not so far. It, it does not look like that so far. Not no, so not far. A lot of it to me seems to be. We talk about the cohesion that the Suns play with. To me, it looks like a, a lot of lack of cohesion it's at the, the Kings are playing. Yeah, there's it's a lot yeah. of guys trying to get theirs. It's me. Let me go and prove. Also, think Buddy Hield after that contract is out to prove a lot, and sometimes that's a little bit of a detriment. No, that's a bad thing almost every time. Yeah, because it's like I got to prove why I was a good investment, not why I have to prove like why my team is good. I think that's hurting them a, a, a little bit. Look, I, I won't I won't put Luke Walton on the hot seat after seven games, but I will say that you know if this kind of trend continues, where the Kings are such a disappointment that. Luke Wall may not last more than a season there yeah. in Sacramento. Starting out 0-5 to start your head coaching career is uh, not something that's that not, you love you with, with your new team. That's but, not what you want to do. Um, speaking about Luke Walton's old team, guys, the Golden State Warriors. Oh, I'm happy about that. Praise the basketball gods. Finally. The reign is over. <laughs> Finally. 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 For, for now. I mean, I, they, I, they get all I don't for, know about that. Uh, uh, this oh. year? Come on, Joel. I don't. Change my mind then. Uh, okay, so they're currently 12th. Oh, what are they? 13th or 12th in the conference? 12th or 13th in the conference. Think, okay. huh? They're on the outside looking in, which is all the I Rockets care about. And they're playing the Rockets tonight, them. aren't they? Or is yeah, it tomorrow? 16 it's tonight. 16-point underdogs against the Rockets? I made the money against them. I, I took the Spurs minus six and a half. It's like my first bet ever on the NBA. I made money. Right. Someone needs to just step up to make sure it's not a blowout early on or... Uh, <laughs> They've had a whirlwind. I mean, the best player right now, shout out them cats, is Eric Pascal. He looked awesome. I'm mad because Eric Pascal is making me root for the Warriors. They're like, down, but me... they're not out. I think there's still a lot of season left. Their starting five is completely different from last season. No oh, Draymond, no different. Steph, no Clay. D'Angelo Russell. D'Lo is just kind yeah. of sitting out. Just cause... <laughs> He'll be a game time decision. Um, call D'Lo an all star. He's really not. No, he's an East All Star. He's an Eastern like, All Star, and he shouldn't have All Star. Well, I was about to say he got he got in because someone got hurt. Jewel, you're right that someone has to step up. I think but, Eric Pascal and Jordan Poole too. I think that that's going to be interesting to see. I like who Pascal. Pascal is Draymond without Draymond Junior. Yeah, no, I've Draymond always said, the attitude. I think that's why they drafted <laughs> no, him to be to be backup Draymond. Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal. That's 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 it. That's that's, that's, that's exactly all you need to see right there. That's all you need to see, especially in the West, which is which is. Almost why I kind of don't like saying that the Warriors are, you know, not hot because all these other teams are not hot because of their own fault. Keep in mind, too, your um, two-time MVP will be back in three months as well uh, after he's done with his hand. He began but the they're, season they're, they're out of that point. And they'll be run- <laughs> they're out of we'll that see point. We'll if they can hold They'll through. be in the running for the first overall pick. <laughs> Look, Tim Duncan at? Yeah, they might. They I've might. heard a lot of people say that. Well, granted, there's no Tim Duncan in this draft. I like Wiseman, but there's no Tim Duncan in this Worst draft. Worst case scenario, their team struggles the entire season and ends up at the bottom of the league, and that will give them uh, their first lottery selection since they selected Harrison Barnes with the seventh overall pick of the 2012 NBA draft. This gives them two options: Ooh. they can either draft a player to join D'Angelo with the future plans, or they D'Angelo's can use that gone. Pick to- gone after the season. Well, and yeah, it's going to be hard because uh, they're pretty uh, with, the, with the way that their cap is set up right now. It's going to be pretty hard for them to take back someone um, who is of equal value. But 
Well, they can use the pick to trade, too. Oh, well, in terms of pick, I'm just talking about if you're trying to trade, right, if you're trying to trade D'Angelo Russell, it might, be di- it might be difficult. But um, I think it was horseshit that their owner or GM, uh, Joe Lacobe, was like, oh, tanking's not in our DNA. They distinctly came out oh, and tanked up. to get Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. They tanked the hell out of half right. the season. Like, it, yeah, it's only in your D, uh, against not, your DNA when, when it you're serves good. to yeah. be against your DNA. Yeah. Right, of course, you're a dynasty. And, and by the way, looking at the fall of this dynasty, uh, they led the league, which is actually a little surprising, in blocks the last three years. Right now, they're last in the NBA. Also led the league in field goal percentage, which is not that surprising in the past five years. This year, they're ranked 22nd out of 30. Right, which And all this isn't super surprising, but it, it is just a very drastic drop-off. It's a fall from, it's a fall from, fall from grace. Last game of the season, 2012 season, the Warriors played Chris Wright, career average three points per game, 46 minutes. Because they're tanking to get it. Right. There you go. Uh, so, like, whatever. Mr. Light years ahead. I mean, they, they, look, they know what they're doing over there. Draymond's return is essential, too, because I feel like he holds everybody accountable on defense as well. And I feel like without, like, Curry out there, there's not really a leader. Well, here's, here's that, that's the so biggest point. So, it's step there's, up. The, Draymond will be the all systems go leader, no matter who is on the floor. And he will demand the same level of play from Eric Pascal that he will from Steph Curry. And that kind of keeps everybody in line. And if, if your team isn't as good talent-wise, your, mor- your morale and your team chemistry can still be up there. And Draymond Green's, the, maybe not team chemistry, but you know, team morale, upkeep, is still there. And Draymond Green will be the one to keep that shit right, no matter who is out there on the floor. And especially if he sees spark from young guys, he's always willing to do that. And I think he's sitting back and watching a spark from Eric Paschal, watching a spark from Jordan Poole. I mean, they, they did just win a game the other night when all, all else Pascal's failed. Eric so big and versatile, too. So he can, He's like, really Draymond, Draymond Jr. Like, he's really Draymond Jr. I, I think that's why they drafted him, to either be there when Draymond leaves or to be a perfect backup when Draymond's not on the floor. He is legit... The exact same player, a little bit worse on defense, but uh, learning under Draymond, you can get better that that way. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, I, I think that they'll be back next year. This is obviously a down year for them with all the injuries and, and the, the new turnover with their roster, but... I'm afraid. I'm afraid that when everyone gets healthy, it'll this year will They'll just be an anomaly, yeah, right. and it'll just well, I think back, back where it all left off. I think off. you got to expect. So let's that. enjoy this year without the Warriors on top and with LeBron returning back to his king. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting a little on edge with this next topic. Making me sad, man. Like it's you expected so much. Should the Sixers trade Ben Simmons? So this is spearheaded by like, by my right hand man Jake Galley. I will let Matt you take. Matt I will let me. you take the floor. You, you let start. Me, let ahead. me read the opposition. Okay, Matt. It, it, Matt provides these stats. The lineup of Embiid, Horford, Harris, Richardson, and Simmons has a net rating of 15.9, which would have ranked. Third in the NBA last year. Uh, The Sixers' offensive rating with Simmons on the court is 114.3 this year. When he's off it, it falls all the way to 75. What I'd respond to that is, no shit. (laughs) Ben Simmons is a really, really good player. Like, let me make that very clear. Is that if he had a team built around him, like Giannis had a team built around him, he would be an MVP caliber player. Uh, he would be putting up those huge numbers. You mean a team that, who can shoot? Yeah, but Jake, he has yet to attempt any shots from beyond 14 feet so far this season. Not to a hit, to a attempt. And, that and he's was... at an ample amount of tries to do so. He's a smart NBA player who doesn't take shots he's bad at. 
okay. Or, or he's not a smart NBA right. player who doesn't take shots he needs to work on. There are answers. He is working on it. Okay, Giannis is bad at taking perimeter shots. He's a great player at every facet of the game except for a very important aspect, which makes him have a ceiling. But if he's your second best player, that's fine that he has that ceiling. The so Milwaukee Bucks is best player fine. is Giannis and it's a Kumpo. He will still take those they shots. Can win the title. So, Blake, Blake, so Blake, it's fine that he can hit threes in preseason, but he can't do it in regular season? That doesn't even make sense. He made one three against a team that doesn't Exactly. Play. He made one three. He's not making any in the regular no, he season. Need to make threes. Here's my, here's my only point. I'm loving Here's this. my only point. Will Ben Simmons ever be, if and let's assume that he doesn't add a jump shot. Year after year, I don't think there will ever be a point in time that Ben Simmons is more valuable in terms of an asset than he is right now. So if I'm the Sixers, and I've been on record on this show, saying I think right now with the way it's currently constructed, the Sixers could win. They they have a very good team, but they have flaws. And it's pretty simple how to close that hole, and the holes that they have would be, and maybe it's not so simple, but if you trade Ben Simmons for, if you replace him with a, a different type point guard. Say his name. Whether it is, I'll say right off the bat, just to get it out of the way. Whether it's Chris Paul, whether it's James Harden, whether it's David. It's a hypothetical, man. It's a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. Ancient human being with a horrible contract. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't How dare trade, you? <laughs> you can't trade someone as young as. If we're getting an 07 Chris Paul, would you do it for? I'd do it for 07 08 Chris Paul. Of course. I'd do it for 2012 LeBron James. Like, of course. Hy- hypothetical. Okay, would you do it for. And money doesn't work out. Trust me, I tried it on the trade simulator multiple times. <laughs> really would you do about it for. It, and because partially because Ben Simmons is technically only making $8 million, $9 million this year, his new extension doesn't kick until next year so it's almost impossible to trade him with how strapped a lot of teams are uh for cash so would you trade him hypothetically in terms of value and in terms of holes in the sixers for chris paul and danilo gallinari no i would because it guarantees you a title in the next three years guarantees you prior to this season starting brett brown said that the sixers would place him in the corners intentionally when he's off the ball rather than than in the post and just so he has more effort and courage to they do put him in the corners it's just when he gets the ball he goes out of the corner exactly like that's like you can place me in the corner i'm not gonna shoot from there but you can place me in the corner with production still (laughs) like if you could get it's it's he's a very flawed player and the team's this, so is then why, why this, is why, this is why I think it's such a flaw. It's less about really shooting and making. That's one part of controlling the perimeter of the floor. But if you can't legitimately make people respect your jump shot from there, you cannot control the perimeter of the floor. As a point guard, as a floor general, you need to be able to control that perimeter. If you can't shoot, you can't do that. We've watched so many times... Players are still sitting below the free throw line when he is at the three-point line. That's not controlling the perimeter Listen of the to floor. This. Out of the 77 shots that Simmons took through Philadelphia's first six games, only three of them came from outside 10 feet, and he missed each of them. That's smart, because he's, he's taking the shots he's good at. Well, uh, so he... No, no, there was dude, a, I'm dude, serious what? His rookie year, he shot 54% from the field because he shot at a higher rate from outside the paint. He cut that rate in half his second year, and his field goal percentage went up three percent. So and so his far, rate went up too. this is this is all spurred. Like all this whole conversation, th- there was a shot chart put up um, about Ben Simmons where he's taking them. He has ninety shots inside, uh, I guess, ten feet or right under the basket. He's shooting at fifty three percent. The league average is fifty seven percent. Like Matt, I, I, here's what it I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Small sample size. Ben, ben Simmons is a is a good player, a really good player from 
the exact shots that he's taking from the exact range he's taking if he works on and gets better at taking longer shots he goes from a really good player to a great player borderline nba all-time nba great player if you want his ceiling to stay at really good all-star player that's fine don't make him expand his game if you want if you if you want he's not gonna get good at it without shooting them he's not gonna wake up one day with a jump shot instinct is pass or dribble it's never it's, shoot it's that's he it's, it's a natural instinct and there's only so much and there's only meat. so much you can do there's only so much you can get better at shooting them in an empty gym with nobody it's on mental it's only, no, it's only so them. much you can do you said only so much you can do there was so much controversy behind my rant when was that that was months and months <laughs> like our ago first episode. but what the hell did i say i said it's mental jake sitting sitting in a freaking uh gym every single time you hand that man that ball quite literally yell at him shoot yell shoot scream it from the top of your lungs at ben simmons so he gets it in his brain but he does shoot in practice he the does problem is that's my problem that's my point he shoots it so well in do practice. Do it on the damn court, With then. Him. I don't. I don't care. Do he's it got in a game. Listen, he's got to do listen, it in a listen, game. Listen, you listen, can't listen, simulate listen, a game in practice. You guys got to do it in a game. Here's all I want to say. He's not going to get traded. It doesn't work with the money. I don't think he is. All I'm going to say is that I would do it for ten point guards. Maybe not ten. I would do it for ten guards. I would do it for John Morant and Iggy in a heartbeat. Oh. John Morant's way too young to say that. Uh, Matt, all I'm saying he's gonna find a flaw in whatever you say, Jake. No, 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 he's no, gonna no, find I, a flaw in whatever you say. If, I believe if this Kyrie didn't have like locker room issues, I could see that argument. I, I, that's right. I, and and I, I implore you guys go check out um, Straight Facts Twitter. I did a breakdown of just exactly what we're talking about and, and the differences that he could make if he did shoot threes. But I, I think that we fully exhausted the everyone NBA take, portion. Everyone good? Everyone Could take a deep breath. Buddy, he's not. Do we, so that's it's, everyone take a deep breath. Still slamming her hand on the I table. I think she's upset. I'm like, it's just such like I'm over it. Like, f- like figure it out or don't. Like, figure figure it, it out. I think he's chosen don't. I think yeah, he's I know. And I'm upset about it. I am. There you go, Matt. That is a perfect way to put a bow on this NBA segment. All right, I'm over this NBA talk. Let's let's end on a low note there. Shift it over to college basketball. Last year, Kansas beat Michigan State in the Champions Classic, but Kansas went on to lose in the second round of the NCAA tournament while Michigan State went to the Final Four. Which of these teams is most likely to disappoint? I mean, before we get to the who's most likely to disappoint, um, we, we got blessed with two very good games in Madison Square Garden last night. Like, that was, that was I love the Champions Classic. It's the best way to kick off the college basketball season every year. And the first one um, was it was was Duke versus Kansas. And I think we saw the best and maybe the worst of both of those teams last night, two true blue bloods in the NCAA. Yeah, and you could tell it was definitely the first game of the season. Kansas had 28 turnovers uh, in the game, and Duke wasn't much better. I think they had like 16, 17, 18 high teens. Um, but I, it, it was impressive to see the new guys out there. Duke has a lot of young guys as they always do. Uh, one of the takeaways that I had is Vernon Carey reminds me, and it might be the he's, hair. He's huge. He reminds me a little bit of Marvin Bagley because he's not like towering seven foot. Plus he's not center. nearly as athletic as right. Marvin he's Bagley a, he's was. a less bouncy Bagley. Um, he literally only reminds you that because of his hair. It might be that. But either way, I, th- I thought that he was impressive, especially against uh, a Kansas team, which is, like, gigantic. Mm-hmm. Like, between McCormick and Azubuike, 
um, or Azabuki. I'm not, I'm not exactly. Say his name again. Azabuki. 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 They are two huge guys that he had to contend with, and I thought he did a pretty good job. He did a, he did a great job. And look, he wasn't – I think Vernon Carey's a very smart player. He's got 5,000 college, and he used them very wisely. He was not afraid to send Azabuki to the line, who was literally a sub-35% free throw shooter mm. for his career. Anytime you can send that boy to the line. Send him to the line. That's the reason why Kansas can't play him at the end of games. But uh, staying with Duke, uh, I think the most impressive player – most impressive player on the court you could see where I was going with that was either Cassius Stanley or Trey Jones it took a little bit for Cassius Stanley to get going but I think that was probably one of the best things I saw from him because he's a freshman a 20 year old freshman one of the most highly recruited guys coming out of high school playing in Madison Square Garden for Duke the first game of the season a lot of that comes with pressing I want to impress on the national stage prove that I should be at this program and he just let the game come to him last night uh, it didn't do too much, and when it came to him, he flourished, especially at the end of the game. Truly efficient. I believe went five for six from the field, only missed one shot the entire game. Hit a very clutch three and a very clutch and one layup in the end of the game to see like Cassius Stanley looked amazing. Yeah, five of six, uh, and, and as you said, looked comfortable. Like, really... That, that that really struck me for a guy well, who's playing his first. He's twenty. Like I don't know how many twenty-year-old freshmen there are running around in the U.S. I don't know how that happened. I mean, look, you're playing against the third-ranked team in the country. It's so your old, first bro? game. Yeah, that is a little weird. How right? you so like, old? What's going on there? Um, <laughs> it's almost a little sketchy. Man, like, how you so old? But I, you know, I think Coach K is a good team this year. I, I really could see Duke doing as they grow as a team together. As I said, a lot of the young guys. Um, you know, they could really grow into Their a really dominant team. Yeah, they, yeah. they have they have uh, a, a very similarly constructed team um, to that team that Jason Tatum was on when he was a freshman. You had uh, Jason Tatum, you had Ryan Kelly, who was the senior coming back, who Matthew Hurt reminds me a lot of Ryan Kelly, that big stretch four who's for some reason plays the game at super slow mode, but you don't need to be super athletic to get your shot off, and he's just very fundamentally sound. They have the guard play that that team had, too. Um, Trey Jones plays like a senior at only a sophomore level. He's actually the reason Matthew Hurt chose Duke over Kansas because Matthew Hurt heard that Trey Jones was coming back, so pulled out of Kansas and went to Duke, and it's going to help him tremendously. Yeah, and post-game, he get, he was talking about how proud he was of all the freshmen. Like It, it is really staggering to think that that guy's only a sophomore. Like, he was in their position last year, and now he's the leader of this team, or at least seems to be, um, through one game. But, you know, and, and what I really like about the Champions Classic is that you give the best of the best, and it, they also, you know, it's it's right in the beginning of the season, so it's not like this really ruins anyone's season. It's not like it, it has to be something that teams don't want to do because I don't want to hurt my resume. You know, it, you, can, you you can lose right, games you, in college you, basketball, right? Right. You lose to a good team; it's really not the end of the world. And then you know you consider it's right at the beginning of the season. Really, really doesn't impact uh, how you're viewed. Well, if you're talking about part of you must be a little happy after the loss yesterday because his team played poorly and they still almost beat Kentucky with plenty of time to improve. I mean, look, Michigan State shot poorly. They had too many mental mistakes. They missed opportunities and had pointless fouls. And the difference still was only a couple of points lost to a number two seed. You know why? There's two words as to why that is. Why? Cassius Winston, the best point yeah. guard, the best point guard yep. in the country. That man is just. Wait, at 21? Yeah, it's 
20 or 21 points, including a huge three at the end that put them up at the time uh, and almost helped them seal the deal. Uh, that, that's just the best point guard in the country, and he's a true point guard. Uh-huh. He's facilitating first. He's so easy and so smooth. And he, he doesn't try to do too much on the court. Um, he's one of those guys who you swear he's been in college for a long time. Did you see uh, John but, Wall and Terrence Jones were there, too? I did see they it. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant was also there, too. Yeah. John Wall wanted to make sure that he was seen uh, plenty well by the cameras. Yeah, absolutely. Which, whatever. I mean, you're John Wall, right? John Wall, and he's also got nothing to do in the NBA this year, so he's kicking back, relaxing. But I was surprised Winston came back to college. To be honest with you, I thought that he could have been a first-round draft pick. Unfinished business. They went to the Final Four and, and Th- thought I think they should have beaten Texas Tech. Had a very good chance to, and I, you know, which is why I think this team, you know, had the number one ranking coming out of the preseason. But I also think that they're poised to go on a deep run this year, just because of their familiarity with each other, and you have players who are hungry. You have players who are experienced, and I think that bodes well. Uh, I think the biggest disappointment for that Michigan State team, if you look at the shooting guard, Rocket Watts Jr., finished with zero points, finished with a bunch of turnovers. Um, he played with LaMelo Ball in high school at Spire, uh, was one of the most uh, highly coveted recruits and picked Michigan State, and they're really looking for a big season from Rocket Watts, and he just didn't put his best foot forward. But Joel made the best point. A lot of time to improve. It's the very first game of the season, and for a lot of freshmen, the very first game of the season, and you're going up against Kentucky like you're going up against Ashton Hagens and all them boys like that that's not an easy thing to do and without Langford as well Joshua Langford not playing um he got injured before the year. I don't know exactly what he's ailing with. He, but got, injured, he got injured last year and re-injured it before the season. Yeah, I, I actually terrible. forget what he what he's injuring to. Uh, he might miss. He might. He might miss a good amount of time. But when you look over at the other side with Kentucky, I was now they can hoop. Yeah, I, I was impressed with a lot of guys. They have they have hoopers. Like they have people who like don't think too much, especially Maxi. Like he he doesn't think too much. Not a whole lot of overthinking on the court. Like I'm just gonna go get Which a bucket. Maybe a bad thing sometimes. But that's but no we that's how Kentucky players flourish. It's how Devin yep. Booker flourishes. It's how John Wall flourishes. It's like don't and that's what John Calipari wants. John Calipari has unlocked a lot of people. I think he unlocked that in Tyler Hero last year, where Tyler Hero was pressing a lot in the beginning of the season, and Calipari said, "You're a hooper." So go hoop. Like, th- like do what you did that got you here. And I think Maxi just didn't wait for that to happen. And Maxi, 26 points, 5 rebounds, an assist, and a steal on 7 of 12 shooting, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. That's something that you look at. And the entire thing, they shot 78% uh, from the free throw line. It's something that will help you in the tournament making your free throws. But I like Tagans as well. Uh, again, like <laughs> with my... Uh, Vernon Carey comparison. I don't know if it's like the gear and the hair that 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 makes me think he's almost like a De'Aaron Fox and light. No, he's, no, the, the, that that one is similar. He's in play. not as athletic in my right, opinion. Not he as doesn't quick. have yeah. He doesn't have that upper echelon. But motor. you can see the same style of play, the same instinct as him. Very good in the open floor. Um, he has he's a better shooter. At least in this game, he was a much better shooter. He pulled up for twenty five plus twice and cashed both of them. Um, he's a little better shooter than De'Aaron Fox was. In college, but I see that more than than Vernon Carey and Marvin Bagley. Yeah, and one of the most bizarre things was at the very beginning of the game, they did a dual interview at at midcourt with Izzo and Cal Perry. And by the end of the interview, their stomachs were like touching, and they were like they like boxed rubbing Holly each Rowe. other. They like boxed <laughs> Holly Rowe out of out of the picture. Holly Rowe was like, do, "Am I? Do I need to let y'all two go?" Closer like, and closer and closer, and eventually the cameras like, camera is right on top of them, and they're like joking about, "Oh, maybe if it gets bad, we can leave." <laughs> 
Like, you two hate each other. They hate each other. Yes, the they game. do. You can tell. They, it was cordial, but they hated each other. Yeah. Um, to go back to Joel's original question, which of these four do I think is most likely to disappoint? Uh, I'm going to go Kansas. And from one reason, you don't have to look too far. And that's those 28 turnovers and the lack of scoring they get from one of their quote-unquote best players in uh, Adoki, uh, Adoki Azabuki. That is a tough name. It's a tough name. It's a tough name to say. Uh, but he doesn't, like, he's, he's a very, very physical and dominant player down low, but doesn't have a whole lot of skill set. I think his game is very capped um, in terms of his skill set in the low post. And if you look, they have one of the best point guards in the country in Devad Dodson. Past him, they don't really have another true point guard on their team. And when he has to go to the bench, uh, it, it gets very scary for Kansas. You can even see on their team, uh, McCormick was kind of the person who they like, made you know, one of their point guards when he went. And you can see on rebounds, his first instinct is to fly up the floor, not to go back and get the ball like a true yeah. point guard does. And they just cannot run it without Devon Dodson. He went to the bench, and they had a stretch where they got outscored by Duke by like 11-2 to two to end the half. They come out of the half on a, what, 12 to 3 you know 11 to 3 run and it's because Devon Dotson is back on the floor and he's either going to have to play 35 to 40 minutes a night or Kansas is going to struggle they're used to having like this chokehold on the Big 12 like you used to having this huge chokehold in the Big 12 and they have good teams in there now Kansas State is very good Baylor is very good this year so I just don't know if yeah. they'll have that again I agree with you and I think that Kansas will be a team that eventually falters when you look at between McCormick and Azabuki um, you know, McCormick's 6'10", you're saying that he's running de facto point guard. <laughs> that's not like, good That's sign. not good. That's not good um, and you're going to get caught in the tournament against a team that can really shoot the ball, runs a smaller lineup out there. There's a lot of, I'm not going to call them, I don't think they could get beat by like mid-major. Any, any, any um, you know, bottom-seeded team, you never no. know what could happen. But Especially when they get in the conference play. They it's all about really matchups, switch. but when you run this style where your two of your better players are huge, um, and one of them can't really shoot free throws at all, you get caught in the tournament with matchups. So I, I, I totally agree with you. Out of those four teams, if I had to pick one, I'm picking Kansas. We haven't done crossover in a minute. Who wants to do crossover? Let's bring it back. Let's, Let's combine sports and pop culture here. Did you guys hear this? My Chemical Romance is getting back together. I, I, I mean, My girlfriend is ecstatic, up, up, and that's man. about it. You had a little emo phase when you were younger, didn't you, Jewel? A little, a little emo no, I chemical didn't, but I just, I, you know, I watched MTV. I like, you know, uh, Black Parade, all that. If I didn't know you when we were younger, I would have said you had a little emo face. I didn't. Too. You know my music taste is like super eclectic. Yeah, is I, I battle eclectic. my chemical romance. Really, whatever. If you, if it goes hard, like, I like it. All okay. right. So since that great reunion in music is happening, let me ask you this: If you had to get one band back together in sports, who would it be? Well, that's a good question. I think that there's an easy answer in terms of current. Uh, in, in terms of the way the NBA is currently set up. And that would have to be the OKC Thunder. And the really funny part is that's that... That's an easy one. Yeah, that's, that's two the Two of the three one. are back together, and they stink. <laughs> Can we leave out Scotty Brooks? Just not give him the phone call. Yeah, right. yeah, just don't... Yeah, he doesn't have to be invited. But, yeah, you had Durant back there. I mean, they have three MVP-type players on their team. Um, they end up winning no titles because they're all too young. They pay the wrong guy, and you end up with a snake and a ball hog. So that's tough. That's a tough, tough cut for sure. Yeah. And look, okay. And Serge Ibaka. Does their reunion tour sell out? Absolutely. Does their comeback album go number one? Probably. Are they winning a Grammy? Does that band In, win a? That's my question. Does that band getting back together win a Grammy, aka a championship? Yes. Come on, bro. Even after the lead singer hurts his vocal cords. Yeah. <laughs> come on, man. 
So many things yes. taken to account. Oh, wow. Yeah, come on, yeah. man. Right. Not with obviously. It's like, not all it's not we saw two of them get back together. It's not all perfect harmony. Yeah, like come on, man. A lot of drama. A lot of holes in that one. Mine is very personal. And it's because I these, you know, four much much like the OKC Thunder were there, and there's not a whole lot to show for them. But the four aces for the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm, early with, 2010s. Early 2010s yep. with Roy Doc Holiday, rest in peace, Cole Hamels, Cliff Lee, and Roy Oswalt combined with that great offensive team that the Phillies have. I, I get chills when you, people talk about Oh, that. my, the fact that you that misspoke, team... You misspoke, bro. It's five aces. Joe you Bland, forgot about Joe Blanton. Joe Blanton can come... Joe Blanton can come on a reunion tour. <laughs> Joe absolutely. Joe Blanton, more career home runs than World Series home runs than Ted Williams. Look, at, at one point... Cliff Lee and that yeah isn't that isn't that insane? <laughs> also looks like Kyle Schwarber. But at one at one point though, at one point, Cliff Lee in that season had more RBIs than he did earned runs. Yeah, through like crazy. June, like that is insane. Doc Holliday threw not only he didn't not on the same team, but in that span through not only a perfect game, but also no hitter and a playoff no hitter. Like these against the number one offense in the national. Like league. come on, like the fact that these four pitchers we don't have rings to show for them. Like to me, will be one of the most disappointing things the Philadelphia Phillies have done at least in my lifetime i want to see that band to get back fair, together i look at the dodgers i'm like well at least we got one at least we got one yeah at least we got well, one before but now, the but braves but not but, with but, not, but we but look we got one when none of when only cole hamels was there we, their when, worst team when no one of them jamie moore was the number two pitcher when we were like, like we like, come on what we talked about when but this this past world series it comes down to punctual hitting and that 08 team had punctual hitting you know, all the other teams were better constructed. The 0-9 team, I'm talking it up to we ran into the Yankees. That's the only reason. Wow. That's the only reason. Hamels, now, yeah. Hamels decided to throw curveballs if he didn't know how to throw. We're not going down this we're road. Not going, we're, we're not, not going, going down, down this road. road. Jewel, who's your band? Yeah, I mean, uh, I wish I was older to appreciate this at the time, but the 95-96 Chicago Bulls with uh, Jordan, Pippen, and Robin. It'd be nice, right? The 72 and 10 Bulls? Yeah. Robin I mean, has to wear a dress, though. What? That was weird for you to say. I mean, that's what he does nowadays. That's what he, if we're doing it now, that's what he does. They started their season at 41 and 3, still the best ever through 44 games, and their eventual 87 to 13 record, including the playoffs, is also the best in NBA history. I mean, imagine then you add Kim Jong Un to that mix now. If Robin also brings dresses of Kim Jong Un. I mean, look, if Robin comes back and gets that band back together, he's probably bringing his his groupie Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un's mean coming off his screen. What? Knockdown. All right, here's here's in all seriousness. Here's the question is that 72 and 10 bulls team would they be that successful in today's nba there's a, again there's so many factors with that between what's i say no i say i say that, that obviously look you have michael jordan scotty pippen and dennis rodman combined with you know a steve kerr you know john pax like combined and with, a phenomenal coach dude they would be really and, really and phil good. jackson yeah. as coach they would be good but i mean do you think they beat the 73 and 9 warriors team it's it's impossible i don't know if they beat that team. because they beat, well what year do they play in because the Warriors absolutely win in 1996 because of the shortened three-point line. Yeah. And, well, at, okay. But, they, the, seven, the year they, they, the same, they play in 2015-2016, the year they went 73-9. If they you win play back in the 90s, it may be a shortened three-point line, but you also have hand-checking, and Steph Curry may leave in a stretcher. Okay, Steph Curry could not play back then. 
And I don't want to be Bulls like Mr. The Bulls, like, oh, but the blah, Bulls blah, were blah. not. But the Bulls were not used to one defending a team who shoots that well from that deep, and two a team who shoots that quick into the He'd shot be clock. Steve Kerr. There's a reason there's, there's two many, little tiny guys. He got the sleeper engine. Yeah, <laughs> but there, but there's no they. The Warriors, the Warriors today shoot too quickly and, and too often for that Bulls the team. They were not Warriors ready to defend like that. I mean, the Warriors. The Warriors team. Uh, uh, when they won all those games was predicated on drive and kick a lot of times. It wasn't always one-on-one basketball and that fluid there ball is no driving. I'm telling you, like, mm-hmm. who? Like, you're driving and getting punched in the mouth, like, when you kick the ball out. They beat the 73-9 Warriors, I've decided, because the 73-9 Warriors, <laughs> Warriors can beat the okay. 16 Cavs. The 2017 Cavs were just as good as the 2016 Cavs. Well, we know why they couldn't beat the that 2016 Cavs. That just transitive your ass. I think they, I started they, they something. Trans- I love when you all fight. You are the 2017 Warriors beat any team ever assembled. He stirs the pot back there. Like, for all of us listening, don't think that stat Matt is a little bit innocent behind there. He pots there over there. Matt is the catalyst for our biggest argument. He really is. He really is. But those those are our bands. If y'all listen to My Chemical Romance, I mean, I guess they're going to have an album and a reunion tour. Jake, have fun with your girlfriend listening to that. Let me know how it is. All right, we'll. All right, guys, let's head to the countdown, number five. The last five Hart Trophies, which is the NHL MVP award, have been that player's first ever Hart Trophy. Carey Price, Patrick Kane, Connor McDavid, Taylor Hall, and Nikita Kucherov. I was looking up today, uh, speaking of hockey. Um, This isn't necessarily totally tied to what I just said. But Sidney Crosby (laughs) is like... uh, Well, no, 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 because... I think guys in hockey, like, oh, you know, oh, Ovechkin, oh, Chara, oh, Crosby, and then, like, I, I maybe I, it's just me, I stop paying attention. They are still, like, Chara is still playing and is, like, good. He's 43. He was good when yeah, I last watched hockey in weird. middle school. It's weird because isn't hockey, like, a real, like, violent and aggressive it's, sport? It's because they don't have the stress on their legs because they skate. I right. guess. Evgeny Malkin played through a torn ACL, I'm pretty sure, yeah, one year. what do you mean they all stress? They just- they you know how hard, yeah, that's knees. hard to yeah. skate on your knees. It's not, it's you not like, glide. right, pressure, it's, compression, not, no shock absorbing. It's, yeah, it's not unforgiving. It's not unforgiving services. That's right. true. I don't know, man, whatever. Mm. The number of division titles Canelo Alvarez now has after his 11th round knockout of Survey Kovalev. Uh, I wasn't able to catch this fight, really, because I wasn't able to find an illegal Reddit stream. I'm not paying for fights anymore. Should have hit me up, bro. Um, but I... I tweeted it out, and obviously you didn't see it. I but was asleep. I, but I, <laughs> I fell asleep. I, I saw I saw the knockout, and it was a clean and smooth knockout. I mean, dude, Canelo is one of the best fighters on the planet, no, man. Right, yeah, right now, without Floyd Mayweather, I'd say he's one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters. Uh, the power. I cannot wait for that. Deontay Wilder or Ortiz fights coming up on the 23rd. Yeah, it should be a slugfest. I think Wilder wins. But yeah, I, I do this all the time. I fell asleep again after waiting for, I was waiting actually for Nate Diaz versus Masvidal, and then this happened after. Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep again. I fall asleep. It just happens too late. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Number three. The number of times in John Elway's career he had a passer rating of 89 or higher. 21 quarterbacks <laughs> this season have a passer rating of 89 or higher. It's a different game, man. It's such a different game. They pass more, so they have the ability to complete more passes and have more touchdowns and get more yards, which ups your passer right. rating. The, the, the rating itself is a little outdated just yeah. because of how popular passing has become in today's NFL. Number two. 
the number of players to score 100 plus points in the first five career games that's Kevin Durant and now Kendrick Nunn of the Miami Heat of the hot players and hot teams we were talking about we left the Miami Heat off uh, just because we couldn't cover everybody but they are another hot team this season and they got two rookies who are shining right now and Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn who is balling out averaging I believe 24 or 25 points a game an undrafted rookie I mean this man is hooping hooping yeah he cooled off a little bit uh, in their past two games, I believe. But in those first five games, even with Butler, like he was just going at people. He had decent rebounding and assist numbers too. Uh, they could be an interesting team. I did. I personally, you know, when we talked about preseason, I didn't think that he could do anything. I They're still me stuff. don't think they can win They're a championship or, or, or make the championship, but they definitely could possibly make a run. In the, in the East? That's in a five, East six, seven team. Absolutely. Right. The amount of teams in the NFL since the 1970 merger to make the playoffs after starting two and five, that would be the 2016 Chiefs. So if you look this year at teams who started two and five, we have the Browns at two and six, the Chargers four and five, the Giants two and seven, the Buccaneers two and six right now, and the Cardinals two and five. Do any of these teams have a shot to make the playoffs? I mean, uh, realistically on this list, I see the Chargers only. I mean, they're riding a two-game win streak now, and they're four and five now. Um, but they, they are in the AFC West. And what about your bugs? They don't have a shot to make the playoffs. Yeah. That's a dick comment, Jewel. Yeah, that was an awful thing Hard to out. say. <laughs> That's totally true, though. I mean, whatever. We blasted you early, and I tried to tell you. I really thought they were going to go 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> I, really I really thought they were going to go 8-8. You eight had eight. your mindset on the floor. It's like, well, I mean, like, if you look at it, it's like maybe half the time Jameis plays like a competent quarterback, and then half the time he doesn't. So that makes sense. However, it's been more than half and I half. Face I'm face. sorry. You know what? Let's, it, Can we talk been, about something else, yeah, please? This, is, this has been enough. I'm sorry about that, James. Uh, do any of these other teams have a chance to make the playoffs? No. I don't want to talk about this anymore. No. <laughs> Lloyd, which I'm cutting it off. That's we're almost out of time. But we can get the shots up at the buzzer. Julie, if anything to say at the yeah, buzzer. Yeah, y'all gonna show me some love. It was my birthday yesterday. Yeah, happy birthday. birthday. First of all, it's I'm my glad for next month. Time out, my thirty. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up, my thirty. So I, t for all the people listening and watching, I texted Jewel yesterday. I said, send me a picture so I can put it up on our social media feed and wish you a happy birthday. She sends me a picture and goes, but don't put it up on the feed. <laughs> what do like, this picture? What? She goes, you can put it on the story, but not the feed. Oh, uh, okay. I said, no, 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 not okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, so what you, was the purpose of even sending it? But that's what I'm saying. But you can't, you can't tell me that yesterday and then get on us now for not wishing you a happy birthday because we wanted everyone to wish you a happy I'm birthday. I'm wishy-washy. What do you expect? Yeah, back and forth. Old. My emotions are getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jake, do you have anything to say at the buzzer? Uh, only thing I have to say is Penn women's basketball. They start up Saturday. I'll be the color commentator once again this year. They were the co-conference champions last year with Princeton. So I'm hoping when the banner goes up and they start handing out rings, that there might be some bling for your boy. We'll find out next Wednesday, okay, if I come in here without a huge ring on my finger, which, I, by the way, let me, let me just be clear. I don't expect them to give me... <laughs> A ring. I hope but, they're listening. <laughs> right. Players are like, who the hell is this who guy? Who the hell is this <laughs> guy? Why does he want a ring? But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season. should be great. Uh, okay. So the only thing I have to say at the buzzer is, you guys know, I, I like to pride myself of being a young gentleman, call myself 
a young gentleman. Yeah, you've been back on the Chronicle recently. Yeah, I've been back on the Chronicles. Young gentleman caught himself in a crazy dilemma the other day. Every time North. James put something up, I reply to his story, that little emoji that goes like this. And I don't when know what it means. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. She's just trolling me at this point. I'm over here trying to promote gentleman behavior, and I get trolled from one I'm of my co-hosts. But anyway, found myself in a dilemma. I was driving to work the other day, and I hit a spot that I don't normally hit traffic in. And I'm coming around this big mountainside on the left, and I see literally a stray golden retriever perched on this mountain. Like, like that's the exact face I'm in. I was like, oh, my Why God. Why you get it? I was, so I, I was crawling in traffic. I'm glad everybody else was moving slow because this, this little poor pup was just literally perched and literally looking at all these cars like, can someone just help me? It's in the middle of your drive? Little on my drive. I'm not going to be late to do shit. I'm not going to be late to work at this point. But obviously, if I stop, it's not like I can stop, get this dog, and just continue my way to work. Right, you gotta... Now this dog is my day. Like, now I have to see it out, make sure it gets to somewhere. Yeah. Like, I need that dog my life. So, uh, look, so someone that, else's dog. That was, that care. was, it. no, no collar on it. Like, it looked like. Nah, it, come on, dude. Golden Retrievers don't it just looked get. Like, it looked like a homeward so bound. It looked like a homeward bound type situation. Like, literally, <laughs> like a dog look, making its way back home. So, I, I'm going to leave it up to the panel. Should I have did what i done and continue on my way to work or help this little pup as the young gentleman? Well, I hope I Shadow done? finds his chance in Sassy. Right. And then they can go home together. If I would have seen a black cat next to him, I would have literally went. Speaking of black cats, what about the giant? Yeah, you saw the black cat. That's my question of for you. Here's, here's what I tell you, and this is from someone understand this. Going into work today, and really any time that I take 76 up to Philly, there was a really big act. Like, no, I'm not going to say really big. No one was like really badly hurt, but it was an accident that really backed up traffic. I will go by and curse at you for making me late. Uh, or if a police is there, I won't. But, for a dog, bro? No, no, I'm not going to curse at the dog, but I'm just saying in comparison, like, I can't, like, I'm sorry. Like, if I'm on my way to work, you're right. It becomes my whole day. I'm trying to get this bread. Look, that's a, look, and that's a young gentleman thing to do. Not only are we out here to get the bread, but there are people at work counting up for no, us to do our job. No, it's a dilemma because it's like morality, I understand. But, like, what are you going to do if you get the dog? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to look around for... You can't keep it. Like, you don't know Like you don't know what disease this dog is carrying. For the dog's sake, do you got to take it to the vet and make sure it's healthy and okay? What am I... Now I'm going to call my boss. What did you do? Hey, hey, I continued on my way to work. Luckily, when I turned the corner, someone else finally had enough and spun back around to go get the dog and I and I literally applauded them as they passed me but what am I going to do call my boss hey I'm sorry I'm going to be late to work if I make it in today why what's wrong I saw a golden retriever on the side That's of the road and decided to take care of it <laughs> they said damn you, you could go that? spend all day and the next day and you know what every and the day rest you're of your life with this dog oh I do that so you're saying I should have went around and got the dog hands down no questions all right asked. all right stat Matt the tiebreaker you're yeah, gonna laugh, he's a salty. You're gonna laugh at my answer. Because he's not gonna make this easy. 50-50. Oh god, no, Matt. <laughs> You're so you should have been a damn lawyer, dude. You so That's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a hell of an episode. Hell my yeah. goodness. Uh big ups to Greg Barron, Kyle Sobieski, and Stat Matt Robinson, even though he's on the fence about everything. Uh, behind the camera today from my partner Joel Schmitz. It's been real, it's been fun, it's been real fun. To my main man's Jake Galley, I am James Jackson, and my goodness, these have been the facts. Straight up.